The following podcast is a Dear Media production. She's a lifestyle blogger extraordinaire. Fantastic. And he's a serial entrepreneur. A very smart cookie. And now Lauren Everts and Michael Bostick are bringing you along for the ride. Get ready for some major realness. Welcome to the Skinny Confidential, him and her. Aha. Well, he grabbed me by the waist and he looked me in the eyes and said, do you remember me? And I was like, oh yeah, I remember you. And so I tried to just bolt away from him at first because I don't want to fight him because I'm 5'2". I don't think I'm going to win that battle. So I just try to flee and then he keeps trying to grab me and then he keeps trying to put his hand over my mouth. I just bite him as hard as I can. I'm screaming. I'm being as loud as I can. My dog's with me. My dog's attacking his ankles and stuff. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, to the Skinny Confidential, him and her show. That clip was from our guest of the show today, Tara Newell. Many of you will know her from the very popular series, both on podcasts and now on Bravo, Dirty John. She is one of the main characters of the show. And I don't want to ruin anything for anybody that's currently watching the series or listening to the series. So spoiler alert ahead, if you are waiting to kind of finish up that series, finish either listening to it or watching it, there's definitely a ton of spoilers in this Uh, podcast because we get into it with Tara. So before we go any further, if you are waiting to listen to those shows or watch those shows, maybe stop right now and come back to this later. That being said, Tara came on this show and really gave a firsthand experience of what it was like actually living in the world of Dirty John and what it was like to actually have to end up, and I don't know if I'm saying this the correct way, but end up actually dispatching him, killing him after he attacked her in a parking lot and tried to take her life. So this episode is really intense, and Lauren and I had an amazing time sitting down with Tara. I just want to say that I'm so amazed at her story, and it was so incredible for her to sit here and be so open and talk about it on a mic. I'm sure that that's probably intimidating to have to come onto a podcast and talk about everything that's happened, and I feel like she's handled it with so much grace, and she's just a really, really cool girl, a fucking badass. Wait till you guys hear the story. And she talks about PTSD. She's launching a blog that has to do with PTSD. So I hope that this episode inspires anyone out there who is maybe going to take a self-defense class. Maybe if you're a woman, I feel like I am inspired to go sign up for karate. I don't know, maybe like boxing, babe. I don't know about you guys, but I have never seen anything cuter than Capri Blue's new pink petite jar candles. They are so on brand. It's almost like we created the candle together. So first of all, they have these jars. So go to the site. It's capri-blue.com slash skinny and stock their pink candles. You will not be sorry. They are so cute. They're so cute for a flat lay. They're so cute for your room and even for your bathroom. I highly, highly recommend, and we've talked about this, the volcano scent. You cannot go wrong. It's kind of iconic. It's a smell that I've used for years. Um, I feel like if you are new to Capri Blue, you should definitely start with the volcano. It's one of those smells that just everyone loves. People walk into my house and they say, what is that smell? And it's always the volcano burning. Go check out the pink jar candles. There's a petite jar and then there's a signature jar. What I did was I matched, um, I did like two big jars and then I got one little one because I like things to be just a position. The pink, just they just look so 
cute in my office. Don't mean to brag. If you're curious about Capri Blue and you're new to them, they are a premium home fragrance and beauty care site. All their products are made in the USA, and this we love. They have an all-natural soy wax blended formula, and it's been fine-tuned to give you really the best, sassiest fragrance experience. Um, Again, like I said, it fills the house with the best scent ever. It's not overpowering, but it's also not underwhelming. You know what I mean? So like I said, they have lots of different fragrances, but their cult following is the volcano. So start with that. It's kind of like a tropical fruit with like a sugar citrus smell. Uh, it's it's inviting. You want it in your home. You want it in your office, especially if you have a girly office like me. It's fresh. It's powerful. And it's something that it, universally everyone is obsessed with. I, I, honestly, even Michael likes it. To get 20% off, 20% off, which is insane. I've actually used my own discount code. Go to capri-blue.com slash skinny. That's capri-blue.com slash skinny. And again, that's 20% off. Stock up on those volcano candles and thank me later. For the few of you that have maybe been living under a rock and are not familiar with the Dirty John story, Dirty John tells the story of Deborah Newell, a wealthy Orange County woman who fell in love with a con artist named John Meehan. Their whole relationship is fascinating, disturbing, horrifying, and a million other dramatic adjectives that I can add. And this relationship ended up spiraling out of control, as you hear if you listen to the series, and getting very dangerous. And that's what we cover in this episode, really getting a firsthand experience from somebody that actually lived and was very close to this story. So for those of you that want to check out the story, definitely check it out. It's a Wondery podcast. It's great, called Dirty John. And they also now have the Bravo series. And for those of you that just want to hear Tara's story, listen to this episode, because we get into it. We go deep, as always, and it gets intense. So enjoy this horrifying conversation with Tara Newell, get ready to get a first-hand glimpse of what actually happened in the Dirty John story from somebody that actually lived through it. This is the Skinny Confidential, him and her. We are in the studio once again with Tara Newell. Thank you for coming on the show. Really excited to do this. This is going to be a different type of interview than we typically do, but with everything going on in your life, around your life, this is exciting. And we were walking in this office of 50 women, and I told you that some of these women are more starstruck than if they ran into Angelina Jolie, Brad Pitt. They were freaking out, chasing you down the chasing hall. Chasing her down the hallway, you guys, like literally asking for her autograph almost. <laughs> I, had to sh- I had to shoo them away. But anyways, thank you for coming on the show. Of course. I'm so happy to be here today. So how did this how did this connection happen? You guys were talking over social or? So my assistant, Emily is obsessed with everything that's happening on Dirty John. And she sought you out and found you. And she's like, you guys have to interview this girl. She's incredible. Like, told me the whole entire story. And then I obviously got obsessed with it. And so here you are. You're you're live. You're here. So f- first, let's get started. Why don't you tell us a little bit of background on your upbringing? And for those of... Imagine someone, it's it, they're unfamiliar with the story. So my upbringing is I grew up in Orange County, California, kind of a wealthier area, especially Newport Beach. My mom's been married a couple of times, and so I definitely had a different lifestyle with that. She was a hard worker, grew up working around her like interior design business, and so she's always in it and just in the hustle and bustle. (laughs) She seems like a hustler. Yes, she is. How would you describe or characterize your personality growing up? just kind of like easygoing, going with the flow, loving animals. I was kind of a tomboy, but like not too much. I still like to wear dresses and 
got into makeup at like middle school instead. And you have one sister, right? I actually have one full sister and then two half sisters and one half brother. So I don't know where we start here with you because there's so much to talk about. With everything going on in your life now around the Dirty John story, how has how has your life changed? And then we'll kind of go back and go go throughout the story. But how is like I mean, there's a lot going on with you now. They have the show, the podcast went crazy. You're all, you're you're going on shows, getting ready to go on more. She's launching a blog. Yeah. Yes, launching so, a blog. <laughs> so how would you describe everything that's going on right now? Because it's pretty crazy. Really crazy. It's really surreal right now. I just never would have expected that this story would have been so huge. But it relates to a lot of people. And a lot of girls can say, oh, I kind of had a crazy boyfriend or I was married to someone crazy too. It's like you never know the person who you are with. And then it just got so popular. And now people are reaching out to me. They're telling me their stories. And it's really great having a lot of people relate to me. And it is crazy, but I'm very appreciative of all the people that have said such nice things. And have shared their stories with me. Do you feel like it's more support than, and I don't want to say hate, but like, you know, there's the haters. Do you feel it's more supportive people? Oh, yeah, 100%. That's awesome. Yeah, there's like 90% support and then like 10% hate. So for it's those that like are that. Yeah. unfamiliar with the Dirty John story, we're going to, you probably, we're recording this before we do an intro with you, but we'll go back and kind of recap that a little bit and say that maybe there's some spoilers for anybody that's like listening to the show or watching the show. But to jump right into it, they say that early on you had a bad feeling right away. Do you remember what that felt like and why? Yeah, it was just a strange feeling. Like he was just not engaging. He didn't want to be around me. It was like my mom stated a lot of losers and it kind of seemed like, oh, this guy's like another loser. Like, I wonder what his deal is. But didn't, didn't he present himself as like, I was like a winner? I mean, didn't he present himself as somebody that had something going on? So how did you kind of see through that? Well, he said he was an anesthesiologist, but then he would also tell me his elaborate stories about like his cars getting stolen how he went to Iraq how he was in like Doctors Without Borders and a lot of that wasn't making sense so just like having the information that I have on the little knowledge that I have of like the army and being a doctor and stuff I just couldn't put it all together when you say it wasn't making sense do you mean that he he you could just tell he was lying or there was something that you saw that 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 he was lying about that you knew was just a complete utter lie there was loopholes in his stories like he would tell a story and then he would tell it a little bit differently like the next time. So those were those like the initial first red flags or was there other things? Well, he just didn't really want to look me in the eye. And then like the first night I went out to dinner with him, I get back home and then I'm like, hey, John, can you let me out of the car? There was like the child lock on the car and he didn't let me out of the car. And then instead, like I asked him again too, and he didn't hear me apparently. He got out of the car and went upstairs and I was just locked in the car with like my friends in the back. And I was just like, this is so strange. Yeah, and it's crazy because with those child locks, you actually have to get outside of the car and flip a button. You, like, you cannot get out of the car when they're on. It's crazy. Yeah. Why do you think he did that? I just don't know. I think he just didn't want to listen to me or deal with me even though it's just opening the door for someone. Or maybe just show that he has control. Like, he sounds like a control freak. You know, 
that sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so when you're, when things like this are happening and your mom's around, is your mom kind of brushing it under the rug? I mean, my dad has dated a lot of different women and sometimes with the women he's dated, he'll just brush it under the rug instead of like addressing what's happening. Did it, did you feel like that that was happening or was it more like your mom was starting to see signs as well? It was like probably two months into the relationship. So she was probably thinking like, oh, it's just another guy that Tara doesn't like, another guy that like my other daughters don't like either. So she was just kind of brushing it under the rug. Well, I imagine that's frustrating for you because you're seeing red flags and you're frustrated with the person that she's with, but you're not receiving the support or the or the trust back in terms of her believing your story and saying, hey, there's something there's something off here. Yeah, it was very frustrating, but then I had to find a way to kind of like separate it and not be so upset with her because I needed to go on with my own life at the time. So when he's witnessing all this and he knows that you and your sisters don't like him, what is his, what is his reaction like? He's kind of just telling my mom like, oh, your daughters just want you for your money and stuff. They don't want to spend quality time with you. They're just jealous of you. Like, he kind of just turned the tables around to like everything that we were doing. It was just out of jealousy. So let's maybe fast forward a little bit if you can remember um, what this felt like. When did you start to feel like everything was kind of going downhill quickly with him? Well, I kept hoping for it to go downhill. And then she would kind of see something that wasn't quite right and then have like a red flag about it herself. Like but what's an example of something where, where she was like, okay, wait a minute, this is kind of weird. He got a letter from jail from someone and then she was like, who's this letter from? And then he kind of turned around and like said that he was helping out the jail and stuff. He just made a story for it and it wasn't a true story. I have talked about this on Instagram stories many times because I found a babes on the budget find boot season. I have you covered. So basically I found this site. It's called justfab.com and I got the cutest boots and shoes off of it. You guys are going to love it. They also have clothing and accessories and everything is so affordable and very much on the pulse, I have to say. So when you visit the site for the first time, you're given this style quiz. I went through and took it and basically once you take it, Just Fab personalizes your shopping experience to your favorite styles. So I took it and of course these boots, these major boots with a super high heel showed up. I wore them to the Victoria's Secret fashion show and then also white tennis shoes because you guys know I love white shoes more than life. Anyway, you can shop as a guest or become a Just Fab VIP. I'm actually a VIP. Don't mean to brag. And take it from me, being a VIP is by far the best way to shop because you can save 30% off retail prices and gain access to tons of other exclusive perks. They got so much going on there. You guys are going to love it. So if we're getting specific, because we always are, the boot that I ended up getting was the Daisy. It's D-A-Z-I-E. And it's this super tall boot that really elongates the legs. It's black and it's tied and it's so New York. It's, it's almost like you feel like you're wearing a Gossip Girl heel. You know what I mean? You can check out the boots I got and be sure to pick up some white tennis shoes if you go to justfab.com slash skinny now and sign up as a VIP. You'll get your first style for as low as $10, which is insane, you guys. That's justfab.com slash skinny to get your first style for as low as $10. Justfab.com slash skinny. I just feel like it's always time to step up your boot game. 
So I know we're kind of bouncing quickly through here, but I, I feel like the reason that is because there's so many people that are familiar with the story, which we're going to get into, and familiar with the show now, we're kind of trying to read the in-between and get um, how you felt throughout the whole process. So as this thing kind of comes to a head, when did you start to realize that this guy could potentially be dangerous? I know you and your sisters kind of had those conversations and were a little bit worried about, you know, what the outcome could be with a guy like this. It was actually in the very beginning, like the day... No, it was Thanksgiving. He was texting my sister, like, stuff like saying you should jump off of the building, head first would be great, and just, like, telling her to kill herself. And so I was like, this guy wants us out of the picture. There's something wrong with him. Like, he wants us out. And then he was doing it from my mom's phone and pretending to be her. And I was like, that doesn't sound like my mom. That sounds like him. Like, I really think it's him saying this stuff to us right now. Oh, my God. What a psychopath. How did you find out that it was him and not your mom? Did you call your mom and say, what the fuck? Well, she wasn't answering when we would call her. It would go straight to voicemail. But I found out that he was, like, giving her sleeping pills at night to, like, help her with the anxiety and stuff from, like, my sister and... I like hating him. <laughs> well, because I imagine it was really divisive at the time, right? You're basically like breaking up the family in a way, just kind of forcing people to pick sides. Oh, it, yeah. In retrospect, like now that you talk to your mom after all this, and I know we're going to walk through the whole story, but just in retrospect, does your mom sit down and say, okay, wait, there were all these red flags and this is what they were. I just wasn't paying attention to them. She notices the red flags, but... He did such a good job at, like, trying to control her and convince her that, like, hey, this isn't right. What they're saying is not true. Let's go to this lawyer and he will tell you. So, like, there was other people besides him telling her what he wanted her to hear. So she, so he was pitting your mom against her children, basically. Yes. How, how did he first approach your mother? On our time. Okay. Is that a website? Yeah, it's like a dating website. No one go on our time. <laughs> oh, I'm sure our time is going to love that plug. Right. Well, Taylor's like Googling it to <laughs> sign up. <laughs> All these like dating websites and stuff. When you meet up with a guy, it's like at your own risk. And if you meet up with a girl too, at your own risk. This so. is a good segment and you're the perfect person to talk about this. And I didn't even think about going here. But when it comes to online dating, what would you tell women in order for them to be cautious? And maybe even men too. Well, definitely don't tell them where you live. Always tell them you have a roommate that lives with you, even if you don't. Meet them in a public place. Keep meeting them into public places like a couple times. Don't let them into your house. Don't let them know where you live until you trust them and you know more about these people than you did just two or three dates or even the first date. Uh, so public it. announcement to all Michael's friends, let's not try to take the girl home on the first date like you guys all try to do. <laughs> yep, that's, that's true. That's bleak. So I want to be delicate here as I go into this next question and forgive me if this is not the right way to frame this, but we'll bring it to an head. And for those that have, have, have not finished listening to the show or seeing the show, maybe some spoilers here, you end up alone in a parking structure. Is this correct? Yes. And he ends up approaching you after, it was, to my understanding, it was a rental car that he bashed the lights out of. He had a kidnap kit from what the police call like a knife, duct tape, cords, and he ends up approaching you with a knife and tr basically trying to, to stab you. 
Yeah, but the knife's in the Del Taco bag, so no one knows he's, like, trying to stab me. Okay, so <laughs> Hold on, just really quick. So uh, why, why were you guys in the same parking structure? Did he follow you? Um, He was waiting for me. He stalked me for probably months. How do you know he stalked you? So uh, the day before I got a phone call to my work, I was doing dog grooming at that time, and he made an appointment for his roadies and richbacks. And I'm like, where did I meet him and stuff? And I go hiking all the time in um, Newport, and he followed me on one of those trails, and I guess he was like looking from up top, and he noticed that I met some roadies and richbacks. So, like, he called to make an appointment for that, and then he would come to California. Like, he was living in Vegas, and he would come to California, and he would leave the dog at the house for, like, a couple days and just come and stalk us all. And w- so, at this point, your mom wasn't with him? No. Why do you feel like he targeted you? Maybe I was the easier target. He thought that I'm, like, nicer than my sister, and I'm just... Who's more in your face, you or your sister? Oh, my sister is, like, more in your face. Like, she'll tell you like it is. Like, she's a strong girl. But maybe he thought you were the problem because maybe he thought that you were the one that was making a difference with your mom. I have no idea if he thought that at all. I was kind of trying to manipulate my mom a little bit to be like, oh, I'll make up with him. Like, I'll get together with him and maybe see, well, help her see that, like, he's the problem and I'm not the problem. So you're in the parking lot, the Del Taco bag, he has a knife and he, all of a sudden he attacks you. What's the first thing that goes to your mind or how do you even, how do you notice what's going on? Like, I'm imagining there's a ton of adrenaline going on. Well, he grabbed me by the waist and he looked me in the eyes and said, do you remember me? And I was like, oh yeah, I remember you. And so I try to just bolt away from him at first because I don't want to fight him because I'm 5'2". I'm not yeah, the if you skinniest saw, if you, little girl, but like... No, if you saw no, you, that you're you would, a tiny b- blonde. You, would you have never big think. boobs like me. <laughs> but she's a tiny blonde, you guys. <laughs> well, yeah, I didn't want to fight him because I don't think I'm going to win that battle. So I just try to flee and then he keeps trying to grab me and then he keeps trying to put his hand over my mouth. I just bite him as hard as I can. I'm screaming. I'm being as loud as I can. My dog's with me. My dog's attacking his ankles and stuff. And my dog's like 30 pounds, mini Aussie. So he's not that big. (laughs) Is your dog like off the leash? Like what's happening? Um, He was on the leash, but I like just dropped the leash. And then he was just attacking And no one him. was in the parking lot? No. No one was there. But oh, is it, was, it at night? It was like at 5.25 p.m. So the end result here is that you somehow turn it on him and you grab the knife and you end up killing him, which is incredible. And I want to know how true this is because I know a lot of the press and the media is talking about The Walking Dead and they say you're a big fan. I'm a big fan of The Walking Dead. love that show. I've seen every season. I don't know how I'm still on board at this point because it feels like it's never ending. <laughs> kind of you feel the same way. Yeah. But... <laughs> How how much did that show actually impact like your fight or flight abilities? I say a great amount, to be honest, because I would watch The Walking Dead religiously and I'm just like, oh, zombie, like <laughs> killed at the head. And so like when he was on top of me and like falling on me, I was holding his head and like pushing him off of me because I was like, I don't want him to bite me. <laughs> You're thinking like a zombie attack. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last two uh, stab marks are to the eye and to the skull so that I could kill his brain. 
how did you know how to do that? And when you're like fight or flight, like that's so gnarly that you, your brain knew to just go to the eye and then go to the brain. Well, the eye has like the softest point. point, How do you guys know that? I don't know that. Well, that's what we're saying. I mean, the walking dead is proven to be good for multiple things, but I mean, who would have thought that it would lead to something like this? Now, just like watching them and seeing how like they move, I feel like that just gets into your mind and it's just engraved in there. So imagine at the time there's a ton of adrenaline. It's surreal. You, you, you can't understand fully what's going on. How are you able to recover after something like this? Like what's it been like, you know, being up trying to put this I have a hundred more questions before you ask this question. I'm sorry. <laughs> Wait. So uh, hold on. Just as a woman, if someone attacked me, I wouldn't know to do the eye. So you said you went for the softest part and then you went for the head. Yes. So uh, just I don't know that this is like an actual question. I guess you could Google this. But how long does someone die? Is it instant? Does it take five minutes? Is he on the ground? Like what's what's that like? I don't know if like he died, died on the scene because, well, I think he did because they revived him. But he like I stopped him in the back. I like overthrew and I stabbed him a couple times in the shoulder in the back and um at that point he was starting to like gasp probably punctured a lung yeah and so he started to fall on top of me I think he was still alive but then the last one in the eye made him like brain damage just completely immobilized him yeah so I don't know if he was like a hundred percent dead when I like so when you got him? it when you got him off you and you got him away did you run did you scream did people already come up like what how did people know t- that they needed to get him out of here and help you well i like tossed the knife as far as way as i can do you remember why and just so he wouldn't get up and like grab it because like you see all these horror movies where the people like are dead and then they Pop get up, up and get yeah i need to watch like... more horror movies <laughs> shit i don't see these little details <laughs> yeah well like i'm a huge movie buff so I pay attention to like every little detail so I'm like okay that and that in that scene and so I'm like toss the knife get away from the body start screaming for help and then this lady was walking her dog and she saw me and she's like what can I do and I saw that I had a stab wound on my arm and I just was bleeding and I was like Okay, I'm going to put pressure on that. I got that taken care of. My dog's running around trying to eat the Del Taco that he had in the Del Taco bag. So I might need help with him. (laughs) And so she just like grabs my dog and then she has the dogs together. And then um, more people start to come. And then I'm just like, I'm hysterical, of course. And I'm just like screaming like, he tried to kill me. That's my stepdad. He's crazy. Don't don't touch him. <laughs> How like, did you know that the knife was in the Del Taco bag? You said that that was concealed. How did you know to grab a knife or did he take it out of the bag? Well, the knife was in the Del Taco bag. And then when he's on top of me, it like came out. Thank God. And then I like did a kick and then to his forearm and then the knife like fell to my right hand side and I just picked it up and didn't give it a second thought. Damn, you need to start a self-defense school or some shit. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I would come in one second. Well, thanks, but I just, uh, I don't know any of the basics. I was just, oh, I'll just, you know, common sense when you watch like the shows and then like. It becomes it, instinctual. Yeah. Also. 
That's crazy. Okay, so so after I'm assuming you get taken in an ambulance. Yes. And did you know that automatically he was dead? Like, did you know it was over? No, I kind of assumed he was dead because he wasn't like moving. <laughs> but then I see him get taken away on like a gurney, and there's no like white sheet over him. So I'm like, okay, I guess they're gonna go do stuff to him. Did you call your mother? Yeah, I called my mom. And they actually have that recorded in, like, the Dateline episode and the oxygen. um, The special or whatever. Yeah, the the... special that's coming up. And they have that call recorded. And I just, like, call my mom and I tell her, I'm sorry I killed your husband. Are you calm? No, I'm, like, hysterical. Yeah. What's her reaction to that? Does she, like, believe you or she just... Um, She's just like, what? Like, what's going on? And I'm just like, I killed your husband. I'm so sorry. I knew this was going to happen. And because I had like dreams about this too, like happening, like me actually stabbing him and like not him dying, but like me just stabbing him. He sounds like he was like really, really, really horrible to you. It sounds oh, yeah. like it's almost sounds like it's a, this is like an onion with how horrible because to have dreams that you're stabbing someone. I mean, he must have been like just an awful human. Have oh, you, yeah. Have you been in? therapy and the reason i ask is because when you talk it almost feels like you're able to talk about it from like an outside perspective like almost as if it wasn't that you weren't so involved and i imagine like this has been extremely difficult to get through how are you able to kind of look back on this experience and talk about it the way you do like have you been able to talk to people about it or oh yeah well it's just like the more I talk about it with people, it just becomes easier and easier. There's only like a few questions like here and there. Like you asked a question earlier. I can't recall ex- exactly what it was about, but it gave me a little bit of a flashback. And you just have to like know that that's a part of life and to get therapy, get lots of help for that. But I've done a lot. And right now, it's n- my PTSD is never going to go away, but it's just learning every day how to manage it and control it. So I've had a couple of really traumatic things happen to me. I'm not saying uh, comparing myself to you at all, but some things that have happened in my life where I feel like I have had PTSD and um, you feel detached. Yeah. It's it, it, you don't feel it's a, it's a weird feeling you and it's you get flashbacks a lot when you do when you do a certain action like maybe like you'll like I remember when I used to back up outside of my my house I would get a flashback of something and certain things will trigger it sometimes it's not even just sitting and talking about it it's actually like a movement or a smell or a yeah. sound. I, I actually relate to you how you're detached from it. Like it's it's almost easier than like crying or being emotional or angry that the detachment sort of helps. Yeah, because well, what we try to do here on the show, and there's probably not a lot of people that can relate to you with your story, but it's basically shedding light on how people when they've you know overcome something traumatic, how they've been able to recover and move on with their life. I'm not saying that that's a easy process but kind of navigating what that looks like I think would help others yeah well it's never an easy process for anyone who's experienced any kind of trauma but it's important to get to therapy right away deal with it I did EMDR which is like a technique where you're you're watching like the light or you have like these sensors and it helps you rewire your brain to where you're not in flight or flight mode 
and that's been helpful how exactly does that work because someone told me that I should try that what's like when you're sitting with the therapist what do they say to you well at first you have to establish your safe spot and always have that as like a going to point when things get too hard to deal with when you're going through the experience in your head because you have to go through the experience and sometimes you'll go through it more than one time and you'll take it out in little sections it's just very interesting what when you say like when you say the experience you have to keep going back to it do you mean in your head or do you mean like actually being like is it like cognitive therapy where you're presented with something that's very similar and you have to deal with it you're talking about it so you go through like the scene the therapist like asks you like how do you feel about this on a scale of one to ten and then if you feel like a ten you're like okay let's go back and let's see how you can feel less than a ten and like feel better about what you went through after everything you've been through what is your relationship with your mom like and I would love for you to walk us through what it was like right after what it was like sort of in the middle and what it's like now because I'm sure the relationship has had ups and downs since all of this happened well now it's pretty good There is, like, a few things, like, I did resent her for a little bit because she did bring this guy into our lives, but you have to get over it and move on because, like, she's family and she could have not been here. He could have killed her, so that kind of helps with that, and then I've got what I needed out of my mom. I just needed her to apologize for what, like, came into our lives. (laughs) When it was happening, I didn't want to talk to her at all. But then there's a lot of stuff that happened where I'm like, I need my mom in my life right now and I can't like push her away. So she was brought back in like a few months after. (laughs) What about your sister? She's definitely had more ups and downs with her. She's just... just, Angry. Yeah, angry. And she's your older sister. Yeah. Yeah. So she's probably protective of you. She is. She's just couldn't see how my mom couldn't see stuff because my sister um she's very smart like street smart and then my mom's not exactly street smart but she's like book smart so so there's things that your sister could see but you're like your mom was almost blind in a way yeah so how do you how do you kind of pick up the pieces and move forward and like what's the net what does what do those steps look like to in order to kind of get your life back on track put this horrific time behind you and, and move forward Well, it's important to get back into routine, and I tried doing that after I was attacked, but I worked with dogs, so hearing the dogs bark and stuff, it kind of triggered that. (laughs) So can you not, you can't work with the dogs anymore? No, so I just have to find other outlets that interest me and that I want to do that make me happy, so that's why I'm working on my blog, and it's coming out January 3rd, so I'm just putting all my focus into that. What about your dog? Is that triggering to you? Sometimes when he barks, but I'm just trying to still work through that and just breathe through that and just be calm when he barks because like he's always going to bark because if someone knocks on the door, he's going to tell me. So not to because I don't want to just keep harping on this because um, it's traumatic. But so now with every, everything that's gone on, the show, the, the podcast, and then now the Bravo show, what's the media response been like for you and your family? People don't understand why my mom did what she did. And then it's probably like half and half. Like they don't understand what she did. And then the other half sympathizes with her. And they're like, I've been through something similar. Or I dated this guy. So a lot of 
relating to it, but then a lot of, like, they can't relate to what she's done. You know who this reminds me of? And I'm sure everyone tells you this. Who do you think I'm going to say? Vicky. Yes. yes. Does everyone tell you that? You know, a good amount of people do. But then there is a lot of like people in my family and friends and stuff. They're like, well, Brooks didn't try to kill one of Vicky's daughters. It's almost like a flip of the coin, though. Like you could see something like that happening. I mean, just so, to give everyone context, we're talking about Vicky Gumbelson of um, OC and Brooks who was her boyfriend on the show. And on the show, you watched it play out that he had cancer and it ended up that he was lying about cancer. And he lied for years on the show and pretended like he was doing chemo and all these these different things. And it ended up that he was like a con man that was trying to take her for money. Yeah. So I guess what my point is, is like you could see though how it could just flip, like something would just trigger him and like who knows what would happen. You could see how people can be led astray in relationships depending on what they want to see in a partner. And that could be applied not just for like full on creeps like we're talking about here, but it could be applied to just people in bad relationships where maybe you want to see something so bad in an individual that you can't see through the, through the bad stuff. Yeah, that's for sure. One of the most interesting things that you've said the whole entire conversation is that you had dreams that you were killing him. Like I just, I, I, it's so crazy to me that you, knew something really bad was going to happen. So if there's someone out there that maybe has an intuition or they're having dreams like you, like, what would you recommend? Like, what what do you wish you would have done? Do you wish you would have moved? Like, what do you think you could have done in retrospect? Honestly, everything played out how it was supposed to play out, in my opinion. And I'm, I'm a believer of God. So I just kind of believe that God gave me those dreams to help prepare me for what is to come. So I just like kind of took it in that retrospect. Wow. That's crazy. I mean, that's that's really, really gnarly that you had dreams. Thank God you had dreams. And so, thank God you watched The Walking Dead. Yeah. Thank God for that. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of shows, how do you feel about the new, like one, the podcast and two, the Bravo series? Do you feel like it's an accurate portrayal? Do you feel like it's inflated? Do you like the way they're portraying you and your family or no? It's definitely like amplified with the... Maserati and stuff. You're like, I'll take one in pink. <laughs> I mean, our family kind of does have one, but like, we're not like, oh, are you going to take the Maserati today? It's like, oh, I'd rather drive the Prius today. So, so. It's, so maybe they're portraying a little bit over the top for yeah. entertainment purposes. So yeah. Did they interview you before they did both of the shows? Honestly, the producers love Richard Suckle. He was so great. He took the time to like meet with us all, get to know us. He really wanted to like get understand in, the story. yeah, understand yeah. us all. I didn't meet my character though until still, after. Still, oh, you met her now. Yeah, I met her after she played me, but like when she was on set, and then like I saw a scene of her like doing a phone call to my mom. So it was. Did interesting it, did, it, did it feel like that's how you were or you just it was i personally think that our voices are a little bit different <laughs> but i kind of get where she's going with this voice because it's like she's kind of trying to do the like oc girl kind of voice so do you like so in a nutshell do you like the portrayal do you like the show or is it kind of like eh, it's just like a strange version of what actually like are you watching it every single week you know what? I have seen every single one. I don't really watch them every single week, but I try to just because 
I don't know. Well, you want to be supportive. It's about, you want to watch, you want to be, I'm sure there's lots of reasons that you want to. It's probably hard to to watch. Yeah, it is really hard to watch and it brings up a lot of stuff because like a lot of the events that happened did happen. It's like, I don't, there's like maybe one or two things that I pointed out that hasn't happened on the show. And so it's very just real watching it. So I would like to know what your mother thinks of the show. Is she watching it? Does she love it? Like, is she a part of it? Is that something that's on her day-to-day radar? I think she loves it. She <laughs> likes that attention. Oh, yeah. I hate to say this, but like all the women in her family kind of like the attention a little bit. So it's just like when you're not getting it from a man and she's not dating it right now. So she's getting it from like people that enjoy watching her character on the show. (laughs) Do you think she will take you and your sister's feedback on the next guy she decides to date when she does decide to date? A hundred percent. Yeah, I would imagine. And I just like, I kind of like to intimidate them sometimes where I play like mind tricks and be like, oh yeah, look what happened to the last guy. It's so amazing. (laughs) Well, shit, I can imagine you're a new guy coming in and be like, well, listen, here's the story. If my mom's actually go watch this and I'm this person. Yeah. I mean, it's funny that you could find some, some comedy out of it, but. Oh yeah. um, I'm a. Men be careful out there. Yeah. Be careful. I got you. What's the dating site called? One time. Our. Our time? Our time. No, our time. No thanks, our time. Yeah. No thanks. <laughs> so what is something that you can give out of out of everything you've been through? What's like a nugget of wisdom that you can give our audience that you've learned through all this adversity? It could be one thing that's like a valuable takeaway that through all of this you've learned about yourself, maybe a tip or trick that you've picked up um, that has made you feel better, anything. Listen to your gut. Our bodies we're made like if something's bothering us something's not right like our intuition our gut like it's telling us so just always listen to your gut i always say energy doesn't lie and it sounds like his energy was really bad energy oh yeah it was bad energy we saged the house like 10 times (laughs) yeah yeah, we're, we need to sage our house. Speaking of sage, saging the house is like great. I uh-huh. think you guys can pick one up at Moon Juice. I just bought like a huge sage stick. Michael oh. doesn't know this. I'm going to sage his underwear drawer. I'm gonna <laughs> that sage might everything. need some saging. Well, um, we both want to thank you for doing this. Um, I know this was an intense conversation and we appreciate it. I think a lot of people listening will appreciate it. Where can everybody find your new blog? Um, yeah, pimp yourself out your f- Instagram and everything. Where can they go say hi? Well, my Instagram is Tara Newell and then my blog is terranewell.com. Can you spell it for the audience? Yes, it's T-E-R-R-A and then last name is N-E-W-E-L-L. I just want to say that I think you're a brave badass. Oh, thank you. Like, honestly, (laughs) I can see why the whole entire office is starstruck off you. I mean, it's really, really incredible what you've been through. She's fucking badass. Fucking badass. I, need, I might need to take a self-defense And, and maybe you should watch a little bit of The Walking Dead, Lauren, because okay, well, it's, a, it's a good show. Yeah, yeah. Watch, watch it. Watch it. I personally, I like Fear the Walking Dead be- I've better I've never seen right that now. one. I gotta watch that one. Oh, it's like, they have really good actors in it. And um, actually, Kevin Zagers, he's in it. And he's in um, Dirty John, too. So... I was really excited about that. That's awesome. Who plays your character? Um, Julia Gardner. <sighs> Are you dying? Do you just wake up and think, wow, that's so cool? Oh, yeah. She's such a great actress. So I'm really honored that she's playing me. 
Really cool. Thank you so much for coming. The, the blog on. comes yeah. out January third, right? Yeah, so yes, if this airs, January third. This airs a little bit before that, so people can look out for the blog January third. Check Perfect. in with you, and it's uh, really, really exciting that you're starting a blog. I, we can talk tips and tricks after. Yes, this. I would love that. Thank you for coming on. Thank you. Thank you. Guys, we hope you enjoyed Tara's story. In the meantime, if this show has brought you any kind of value, please, please, please subscribe and rate the show. We really appreciate it. It takes five seconds. It's on iTunes um, and it would really help the show grow. Thank you for listening and we will see you next week. 